0: Hello everyone and welcome to Don't Talk About It. I'm your host Dean D and today I've got a little story about myself. Something I've been finding out a little more recently and uh, just wanted to share it with you because I'm pretty sure we've all had a similar feeling from time to time. The topic is searching for something externally when it needs to be internally filled. And this one starts off with, I want, I need, I have to have. And uh, we're going to take this one back to a twinsy childhood moment here. So welcome. I hope everyone's having a good day today. And uh, my brother and I are identical twins, as those of you who have been listening to the show know. And I kind of feel like this originates from my childhood um being an identical twin and constantly always having to have what the other one had um it was a very fairness sort of way um but as I've grown up I've learned that that so-called fairness has actually started to generate a different behavior that's not as positive and uh, a little self demeaning. So when I was a kid, my mother always did the same gifts. And it was usually because my brother and I wanted the same exact thing. And that's like the big surface picture is if my brother had a toy, I had to have it too. So Christmas time would come around, and my mother would buy us the same exact gifts. So it was two of everything underneath a Christmas tree. And I remember my brother used to do this thing where he would, like, grab all of his gifts and just go into another room or behind the couch and would just, like, hide with all of his gifts because he didn't want to see what his Christmas gift was because I got the same thing, and I was always, like, straight to the tree, like, ass over tea kettle, trying to get there as quick as I can, and just tearing through the gifts. Half the time, I didn't even know what I was getting. I was just, like, wrapping paper. Okay, cool. Move on. So, it was all about, like, the quantity of the gifts I was getting instead of... Now, as an adult, um, you know, somebody will bring me, um something that just recently I have a friend of mine who's an artist in um, pottery and ceramics and um, some other forms of media and uh, she made something and it was really small and thought of me and she's like yeah when I saw it it kind of reminded me of you and saved it and you know brought it by and those are those type of I feel like meaningful gifts that are personal and it's not so much the gift it's the The fact that somebody took the time to really think about you on a personal level and not just like, oh, I saw this at the store. It's, it's something that they made, they created, um, you know, like a, maybe a hand-picked bouquet of flowers. Same thing. Somebody takes that time and energy to dump that into you. And um, that is more of a, for me, more of a, uh, an uplifting feeling. And um, versus just a, a gift from the store i would rather you come over and spend time with me and let's go get lunch then um, just get something random from the store and be like oh there you go here's your christmas gift so adhd moment we're getting off topic so let's jump back on to christmas and my brother and i would do this thing where we always you know we always got the same gifts and he would always be behind the couch or in another room because i was a little dick And as soon as I would open the gift, I'd be, oh my God, look at this. And I'd push it up there and I'd, or I'd say what it is. And I would just ruin the surprise for my brother. And um, I'm sorry, Richard, I ruined Christmas for you multiple times. Um, But now uh, that's, you know, that's obviously changed. But it really started to breed something in, in me. And it was that I needed to have whatever my brother had. And it was like, if he had it, then I had it, or I deserved it, regardless. I mean, my brother could have went to a national spelling bee and deserved to go out for ice cream, and I had to have ice cream, too. Even though my brother was the one who deserved all of it, all the credit, I had to have it, too. And um, my mother during the time for fairness, um, most of the time she would very much do that. Once in a while we would get treated individually, but it was always whatever one twin had the other twin had. And, uh, And I realized that as I grew up and I went to college, it bred into other people. And what I mean by that is... If somebody else had something whether it was a nice car a good grade um, an article of clothing I was instantly jealous and it was like well why do they have that I should get that too and Without any basis, any basis, any justification whatsoever of what that person went through to get that, how um, much work or little work they did, none of that story is there. All it is is they have it, I want it. Which brings us, you know, to this topic of I want, I need, I have to have. And the question that I never asked myself was why until I became a, I would say, more mindfully mature adult in my 30s and just recently here in the last year have really dove and explored and questioned my behavior heavily and it's been really really good because I find that a lot of the whys are actually like toxic angst um, for fulfillment and that fulfillment cannot be treated externally it it has to be fulfilled from an internal standpoint and what I realized is I was trying to fill this this gap this this hole with all these little quick instant purchases um, I remember uh, being in college just being a poor college kid and literally having hardly any money to my name, like $7 by the end of the bank account, um, by the end of the term, and it was like, all right, get as much tuna and as much top ramen as you can. A big bag of rice, like 25-pound bag of rice, just full of watered-down teriyaki sauce. I mean, just anything to, to try to survive, and because um, all your money was going to tuition. And for me, it was going to stupid purchases, and... One of those purchases was a $200 pair of jeans. We went up to Portland and I had no money except for maybe $250 in the bank account. And I spent $200 on a pair of jeans. And it was because everybody else was buying jeans that I was with. And, and, I, and I needed it too. Because feeling left out from that was worse than what I had to deal with when I got back and realized that that money was gone. That was not as bad as sharing with my friends that, like, nah, I'm not buying any jeans today. And that's it. That's all I could have said. And it would have been done. My friends would not have judged me. But I judged myself more than they did. And it's what I believe is was driving me for this constant need to always have and always look externally for those needs so so I graduated um, Oregon State in 2007 and I remember my my brother went um, straight to Boeing and just got this really great job with a great salary and and I had nothing I was um, I went to school for um, athletic training, and went on a physical therapy path, and I applied to physical therapy school two or three times, and um, I got waitlisted once, but never was never was good enough to get in. And I say that never was good enough. I never had the requirements that the school was looking for. Is a better way to say that, because now. I'm not a physical therapist, but I am a highly skilled wellness consultant that focuses on balancing people's life. And that to me is my niche. That's my knack. And that's what I am good at. It is not the the testing and the book smarts. And at the time I would judge myself that I wasn't good enough to make make it into school, but it wasn't that I wasn't good enough. It's I just was not the fit for the criteria that you needed to fill to get into that school Um, but in a personal environment I help our physical therapists I have numerous peer friends who are physical therapists and they're constantly reaching out to me for advice because I tend to be a really creative thinker and spin like six different ways to do one application um, however, I'm not book smart whatsoever. I can read a book, I can regurgitate it to an individual, but you put it down on a test and I'm lost. But that's getting off topic. So back to my desire to have everything. It, it just reminds me of somebody close to me who just now um, has been on this journey trying to lose some weight and she did, she lost like 60 pounds. And when she she did, she, she called and told me, Dean, I feel so good, I lost 60 pounds. And then it was about two days later, she woke up in the morning and she looked in the mirror and she felt exactly the same way as she did when she had all that extra weight. And her question was, why don't I feel better? And a lot of it, for me, had to do with just the advice of maybe you need to start looking internally for your genuine self instead of trying to build this character of who you are. And that is going to be our segue going into my direction in college is As soon as I graduated, I, my brother went into this really great job and I had nothing, no opportunities. So I ended up working for a local gym. um, And I thank them so much. That was the best experience I ever had. Um, it, It really taught me that if you want to build a business, well, you have to build relationships and the rest of the business will come because people have a harder time getting behind a good product than they do getting behind a good purpose and if you can put out a good purpose people will get behind that but somebody can always justify why a product isn't well but if you're trying to focus on let's say getting rid of hunger in your in your county um that's a great purpose. People want to get behind that. But if you want to do a fundraiser for like building bottled water with no real purpose behind it, it's it might be, you know, water is a great product. We all need water, but it's harder to get behind those things. So purpose is, I tend to really be driven by, by this purpose um, that I learned when I was just out of college. And and I lost complete sight of that as soon as I got into my next career, which was a 12-year endeavor for me. Um, and I realized that I was, through my entire career, um, I I was never really happy because I was always searching for the next avenue instead of sitting and enjoying what I had. Um, and, and I feel like the more I... Personally, dove into it. Um, the more it consumed me, and so what I mean by that is, I was working in a in a position where I was um, looking at just showing up and building relationships, and that was the whole focus. And then I got promoted into, um, you know, a mid-level manager position, and then it was like, ooh, and now I started to build my character. This is Dean. This is who I am. I'm this mid-level manager, and I can go out and get a nicer car. And um, and then I moved into upper manager, executive management, and now it's like, ooh, I'm this like statusy person, and no matter where I went. That's who I was. I was no longer me. Um, I was always this version of me. And um, it was always an expect, or it was always a spin off from my work self. And it was never my genuine self. And for me, that was overperforming. Um, it, I have this need to be liked. Um, it's an ego that I have been really fighting with and I think I'm winning but sometimes I feel like I'm not um, but I have this like need to be light and it's it and I know it really comes back to childhood of being a twin and you know if somebody liked my brother and they didn't like me and then it was back to that I need what he needs and I needed to be light and that was what was really driving I feel this I want I need I have to have is. I was filling it up with all these purchases and um, status symbols, um, putting all this value into these status symbols. And the one thing that I wasn't putting value in was myself. And it reminds me back to my friend who had just lost all the weight, is her status has now gone up at the gym because she is now part of the likable desirable crowd but she still hasn't filled her her genuine self which is there's there's something else in there that is a need that isn't being filled um and this is just my opinion on the matter so getting back into this my my brother always had these things that i wanted and it really kicked on to the rest of my life so far and i have really had to curb that hard and i always start by asking myself now what is this ad what is this ad i mean if i go down and i purchase um let's say a new truck Um, my vehicle is a 2001 it's 19 years old if i go down and buy a new vehicle right now what is this ad yes, when I get into the road, I'm going to feel better about myself. People are going to be looking at me. I might attract so much cooler than it was. It's new. But you know what that adds to my life is about a $700 a month payment. And right now, especially through COVID, um, with the insecurities and things with our jobs, like that really is not a benefit to my life is a $700 a month payment. So I go back to the question of what does this add? And... When, you, when I look at it factually, it tends to make a lot more sense, and I remove the emotion out of it, and I remove the ego out of it, and I remove the status out of it. And that tends to be more of that spot-on fulfillment that I need to fill myself. And so I was constantly looking for these external fulfillments, external needs, and what I really realized just in the last three months is how much I am feeding everybody else, but not feeding myself. And and so I have you know taken some time off and have really spent time to focus and um, especially with family things going on, you know every everything's a priority um, gets reshuffled and and that's when I ask my the question of what is this add? Instead of focusing on the I want, I need, I have to have, because that just takes me down these constant um, Alice in Wonderland, you know, rabbit holes that I just chase, 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 and and then I finally get to my end result. Um, for example, I really, really wanted to be in executive management. Um, in my community, and it looked cool, and it was like you were status, and everybody knew who you were, and, and then I got into it, and it, it, it just wasn't me. It wasn't who I am. It's The hours were not what worked for my family, and um, the time commitment, and just having to be responsible for everybody else instead of modeling a figure. For everybody else to look up to and inspire, I felt like I was fixing everything. And we all know from my previous episodes um, that the fixer is a really bad, really bad anxiety area for me to be stuck in. Um, So going down this rabbit hole and trying to be like, that's what I want. That's what I need. That's where I need to get. And then I get there and then it never feels the way I want it to feel. And I always ask myself, why? And the answer up until recently was because I needed something else. It was like, oh, well, I, you know, let's just say Instagram. I just started putting my artwork on Instagram over the last six months. And, you know, when I started, I had like four followers. I do abstract painting. I would post it up there and I'd, you know, I'd get like one like. Yay! And... And I got picked up by a, a online gallery, and since then I'm up to you know over 200, maybe 300 followers now. And and i and I still catch myself desiring more, like oh well, this person has a thousand followers, or that person has two 25,000 followers. But you're, if you're always comparing yourself to somebody else like that and desiring what somebody else has, you're always going to feel terrible about your accomplishments. Because you're, you're not taking the time to sit and appreciate and enjoy what you're doing and ask yourself, what is this at? Is this actually me? So that being said, I have realized that what I really need in my life is more time and uh, more time with my family, more time with myself. And um, what really fills my cup is being able to be genuine to who I am and being able to cheerlead for myself. I have spent my entire life cheerleading for others, and the I want, I need, I have to have that I was constantly filling with these little quick moments of dopamine where i was like ooh, you know like when you're at the costco like for example they put the chicken all the way in the back because that's what you're going there for for five dollars or 4.99 but then by the time you get to the front of the store you've bought like five hundred dollars worth of things and when you get home you're like oh crap i went for a chicken why do i have 60 rolls of toilet paper and like 10 things of gouda and but and it's because we, we really get distracted, I feel like, from these quick purchases and these quick moments of feel-goods. And, and I, I have learned that my need comes from accepting the fact that every day is not always going to feel good. So I don't need to go searching for that. I just need to accept how I feel for that day, what is going to add to that day, and what's going to take away from that day. And it's still a big challenge. I mean, every time I'm on the road and, you know, I see one of those Ford Raptors drive by and I'm like, oh, those are so cool. But now, every time I see one of those Ford Raptors drive by, all I see on the side of it is like, you know, $60,000, $70,000. I'm like, for Christ's sake, like, I mean, I I think we we paid like double that for our house 10 years ago. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, it, you know, so if I guess if it doesn't actually add to your life, um, then it's just a want or a need. And then the question is, do you actually have to have it? So thank you for your time. Thank you for your ears. Stay tuned next week. I have my friend Sean stopping by, and he is also an identical twin. And we are going to talk a little bit about individuality. And this idea of character and labels. I remember he, I, I can't speak for him yet, but I remember I was always addressed as a twin first and an individual second and sometimes an individual never. So stay tuned. We'll see you next week. Thank you for your time and your ears. Have a splendid day.